It is the eve of New Year's Eve. I'm Charles Morris here at the end of what became a most unpleasant year. But the gospel on Haven Today kept going forth. I need your help. If you haven't sent your year-end tax-deductible gift, would you do so today? Call it in. Send it on our secure website. Time is short. Help us. Pray for us. And send your year-end gift now. In just a moment, we'll give you our contact information. But let's start now this most significant program of 2020. Anthony Delgado lived for many years as a homeless drug addict. It all started when his cousin dropped him off at a train station in Georgia. He was hooked on crack cocaine, and he spent all his time panhandling on the streets to feed his addiction. Anthony Delgado, years later, he has a charity which is located at that exact train station where he spends his days giving back to the place that almost ended his life. He was strung out, wandering the streets, and his chest was in pain. A man walked him to the train station, gave him a token, but when Anthony turned around, the man was gone, but it was all he needed. He checked into rehab. He got clean. Now he runs a charity that gives food out every single day to those in need. Thank you, Father God, he said. I found my purpose. This is the Lord's work. He's taken what's broken and makes it new. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're looking back this week at one of the most significant series of 2020 called In the Footsteps of Paul. When we first ran this series back last May, We heard from many listeners who said they had never thought about how many miles Paul had walked to share the gospel. Do you recall how many? Some estimate 10,000 miles or more. Paul was a man on a mission, and his story is one of radical conversion and devotion to Jesus Christ, the very one he sought to persecute. In these next minutes together, we'll hear again from the executive producer of a documentary originally airing on the BBC called In the Footsteps of Paul. And we'll also hear in a moment from the documentary where host actor David Suchet discovers a rare location that very few have been. I'm David Suchet, and I'm on a journey around the Mediterranean following in the footsteps of a man who 2,000 years ago traveled more than 10,000 miles around the Roman world on foot and many, many more by sea. But if there ever was an historical character I've longed to play, it is Paul. So for me, this is a very personal quest. I could look like that. What do you think? A little bit. A little bit. I'll be seeking out clues in the places he visited, deciphering new evidence from the latest archaeological research, and meeting expert witnesses from around the region to help me uncover this remarkable man hidden within the pages of the New Testament. That's how this two-part documentary called In the Footsteps of Paul begins. As you watch, it'll feel like you're walking in some of the same places as the Apostle. From Jerusalem to modern Syria, through Turkey to Europe, this DVD is like a vacation that will bring you great spiritual blessing. And Haven Today was the only one offering this DVD here in North America. 
And with the end of our calendar year approaching tomorrow night, midnight, would you make a generous gift to this listener-supported ministry? Don't wait until tomorrow, New Year's Eve. Do it today. And remember, your gifts are tax-deductible, but they also have an eternal value. Call us after the program at 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or go to our website, haventoday.org, haventoday.org. You can also go there and watch a preview of the documentary that we've posted in the footsteps of Paul. And now let's start the program with Matt Redman, the same Jesus. This Jesus, who carried our shame, this Jesus, who rose from the grave, the same Jesus, we worship today, we worship today. Yeah. 
The song is called The Same Jesus, opening Haven Today by Matt Redman and a program called In the Footsteps of Paul. On our Monday program, we spent all day talking with the executive producer for In the Footsteps of Paul, Ray Bruce. Ray is a Christian and told me he really loves using the medium of film to share the story of Christianity. I'd like you to hear a little more about some of his favorite parts of the documentary, and then a special moment where David Suchet was moved as he followed in the footstep of his hero, Paul the Apostle. And David really, well, he knew a lot about Paul anyway by the time we got to, I mean, as he knows a lot about the Bible. He was fascinated with the character of Paul, and it was quite by chance that some of the images of Paul that, that were discovered on all looked like David, if it had a little beard on him. Anyway, that's... I bet a, a little moustache. Yes, exactly, yes, exactly, exactly. I look like this. Oh, there was, a, was it Ephesus? There was a cave in Ephesus that had a picture. Yes, yes, that's right. And David was very, you know, I looked by them. So w- one of the places was a monastery in Thessalonica. And uh, um, one of the monks showed David a traditional site where St. Paul gave his first sermon in Europe. Inside the monastery, one of the monks had a surprise for us. And that moved him tremendously. So, where are we? What is... This is the oldest part of uh, Blatatun Monastery, where the tradition says that here preached for the first time St. Paul to the people of Thessalonica. Wow. He actually preached here? Right in this uh, This is the spot. This spot? That's amazing. Doesn't that put shivers up mm. your back? Mm. This chapel was erected. Yes. Because Paul yes. actually spoke here. Yes. I mean, that is quite extraordinary. It gives you a kind of material connection. It's that kind of physical contact with the man himself. Because another thing about David that was absolutely crucial as to why I thought he would work and why he wanted to work is as an actor and as a character actor playing, you know, taking on the role of another person, what it demands is a tremendous research. You've got to, you've got to try and get under the skin mm-hmm. of the character. Paul's letters were written to specific churches, but crucially, they were also copied and shared between communities, carrying his message and voice around the Roman world. So would you put this down for me? Yes, of course. There is neither Jew nor Gentile. Neither slave nor free. Nor is there male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And that actually is a quote from one of Paul's letters. And that is how he actually wrote them. He didn't pick up a quill dip it in ink and write on a piece of paper or papyrus. No, he dictated them to a scribe. So what we have when we actually read Paul's letters are his actual spoken words, his chosen vocabulary, his sweep of sentences, his energy. And that tells me so much about Paul the man. Again, one of the things that we used in the programme, which was a truth, that as an actor, in order to uh, play a role. You've got to try and understand that person the best you can. 
And so that's what he did. He studied. He, uh, but he wasn't like, that's why he wasn't the kind of professorial, you know, I now know this, I'm now going to tell you this. It was basically, he was searching for that information that would would empower him to be, you know, to be the act, if he was ever to act St. Paul. Something to remember about the letters which might interest you as an actor, David, is that they were written and they were designed to be read out loud in congregations and in community contexts. So we actually have his spoken word. Yes, I, I do think we are capturing the voice. We have, in the letters, captured the voice of Paul. But it, it was illuminating, and, you, and you've got a sense that it really surprised him. You know, he didn't know this mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think all those elements of being challenged, being surprised, as you say, it, it's, you know, it's a kind of human response. It's not a, you know, academic thing, or, you know, I'm teaching, or, or, or you know, in, in, in that kind of, I'm telling you stuff. It's discovering stuff with the viewer, mm-hmm. which I yeah. think worked well. This is Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris, and that was Ray Bruce, who was the executive producer for the DVD we just heard a couple of snippets from and that we're offering exclusively this week on Haven Today. It's called In the Footsteps of Paul. Now let's go back to the beginning, when Paul was first named Saul. The world would change as a Jewish man met up with a Jewish man. Saul, a Pharisee meeting Jesus on the way to Damascus to crush Christianity. The book of Acts opens with the resurrection following the crucifixion. Chapter 1, verse 3. After his suffering, he presented himself to the disciples and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. Jesus appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about God's kingdom. He even ate with them. The big picture is offered before the little picture of one man, Saul, trying to take the lives of Christians, yet instead, on a Roman road to Syria, he was blinded, struck down, visited, saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. He became one of those he sought to destroy. The implications of the resurrection, the ascension, the arrival of the Holy Spirit speak to us today as they did to Saul, who became Paul. What a hard matter to accept in the first century, and still today, the resurrection. Saul, who became Paul, grew up as a Jew in a Roman city named Tarsus. He moved to Jerusalem as a young man with promise to study Torah, becoming a Pharisee himself. Saul, who became Paul, was from Tarsus, as I said. He was formally trained as a Jew, but thoroughly knowledgeable as a Roman who knew about the gods of Rome and ancient Greece. If you were an old Greek believer and you believed in the old Greek gods, you knew that when you died, you went down deep to the underworld. You didn't want to come back into this world. From Homer to Sophocles, people knew in those days that when you died, you stayed dead. You couldn't reverse death. And not only was it impossible but they didn't want to come back with a physical body. It was repugnant. If you were a classical Greek and you believed in Plato, and of course Plato believed that the soul is contained in the prison of the body, and then at death the beautiful soul was liberated from the body, you didn't want to come back and come as a re-embodied person. That was the last thing you would want. If you were an Epicurean, you had sort of a primitive evolutionary view that life was made of atoms, that gods never intervened. Bodily resurrection? Ridiculous. 
And if you were Jewish, you likely believed that there was going to be a resurrection at the last day of all God's people when God brings the great restoration of the world. Unless you were a Sadducee. And then you didn't believe much at all, really. But the idea that one person should be raised not just at the end of the world, but one person should be raised back now in history, and particularly a person who had been crucified under the Romans as a criminal, utterly preposterous. And here's my point. Neither the disciples nor the Jewish public nor the Pharisees like Saul, who became Paul, not even the Greco-Roman world was hoping or expecting that someone would rise from the dead. So the resurrection of Jesus was so shocking and so stunning and so beyond comprehension. God was taking a world that was decaying and through the resurrection, restoring all things to himself. The story of the Old Testament is of God promising and revealing the shape of the restoration. But by the resurrection of Jesus, we see the what. What is that restoration? Here he was, the first fruits of the restoration of the world. It was the future, but it was now. It wasn't a one-off hallucination or vision. It was 40 days of regular appearances because Jesus was demonstrating what it was to be a fully restored, resurrected human being. He was not a disembodied spirit floating around on clouds. He sat down and ate with them. He was more fully alive. Death had been reversed. The point is, before Saul became Paul, Jesus' resurrection was the great power and the pattern for the restoration. It's important for us because it means that Christianity is a new way. It's a different way. It's not the way we would build a religion. Call it even the third way. The first way is the way of irreligion. There have always been people who will say, eh, religion, it's a bad thing, a superstitious thing. It's not for healthy, self-reliant grown-ups. It's for the weak-minded, gullible people who need a crutch. That's the first way, the way of irreligion. But there's a second way. It's called the way of religion. You look at the world and you see its problems especially nowadays, in a pandemic, an economic disaster. You look at yourself and you see you've got problems. And so you find a faith that tries to make sense of life, and you attach yourself, and you do the teachings of that faith and follow the way of that religion. That's the way of religion. But the resurrection of Jesus opens a radically different and new way. In the death and resurrection of Jesus— God takes responsibility for you, for your suffering, even for your death. And in raising Jesus from the dead, God reverses death so that Christianity does not have to say, run faster, try harder, do better. It says, trust him. He's done it. Christianity came out of Judaism, but it's not Judaism. It's the fulfillment of Judaism. It's not Greco-Roman religion. It's not spiritism. It's not philosophy. It's certainly not morality. It is God beginning the work of restoring the world to himself and showing us the what of resurrection in Jesus Christ through the resurrection. Tomorrow, we'll begin more to learn how this impacted a Jewish man. We'll learn more about Saul, who became Paul. And for you and me, our calling 
as we walk in the restoration footsteps of Paul, will become more clear in light of that resurrection. Who but Jesus loves the sinner? Who but Jesus calls him friend? Reaches out to touch the leper, bids the weary come to him. Who but Jesus loves the lowly, those the world has cast aside. And with such scandalous compassion makes a wretch his chosen bride. Who but Jesus dwelt among us, called this broken world his home, took on flesh and pain and sorrow, reaping what he did not sow. With the lost he shared salvation, with the thief he shared a cross, all that we might share his riches, who but Christ would give it all, who but Jesus, who but Jesus, who but Jesus loves the sinner enough to give his life love too pure for men to merit grace too glorious to deny praise him now my joy in living yes in death my comfort rests in that Jesus loves this sinner he who but Jesus? Who but Jesus? Who but story who but jesus here on haven today a most significant series of 2020 that aired back in may of this year called in the footsteps of paul well can you believe it tomorrow is the final day of 2020 i think everyone is hopeful that in 2021 things will get better that the virus will go away or be conquered and that we can be together again with those we love i know I'm praying and hoping for that, but until then, most of us are staying close to home, and we're watching too much TV. If you put all the streaming platforms together, Netflix, Hulu, all those pluses like Disney Plus, I read that viewership is up 85%. 
So little of this programming is worthwhile. So that's one of the reasons I was excited to offer you a Haven Today exclusive DVD that will not only entertain, but will encourage your faith in Jesus Christ. It's a documentary that was originally aired on the BBC, but we now have, in the footsteps of Paul, a two-part documentary DVD hosted by the actor David Suchet for your gift to Haven Today. You heard a snippet earlier in this program. And as you watch, David will take you to places where Paul visited and planted the gospel. If you're like me, as you watch it, you'll feel like you're on vacation. But even better, your faith will grow as you better appreciate what the Spirit of the living God did through Paul and is still doing today. And with the calendar year ending tomorrow, I want to ask for you to help us out today. Perhaps even be more generous than normal. We have a large goal for midnight tomorrow and could really use your help. If this program and ministry have blessed you in this year, please pray about what you can send, but do it today. Call us now and make your year-end tax-deductible gift and ask for In the Footsteps of Paul. Here's the number to call, 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN, or go online and make your gift at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me on this eve of New Year's Eve. Won't you come back again tomorrow? On the final day of the year, but again, we'll share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God. This is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. What keeps you up at night? Are you worried about your job, your marriage, your kids, your health? Are you wondering, will this new year be as hard as last year? Will God provide? Will He be with me? You know, it's amazing how many of those stabbing questions find satisfying, soul-calming, peace-giving answers on a daily basis when you spend time in God's Word. And today, if you need courage to face what's ahead, consider these words of Jesus from John 14, 27. He says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Get more daily encouragement from God's Word with Anchor Devotional. Try it out at GetAnchor.com.